you're listening to the Google Ads Podcast, brought to you by Solutions 8, the Google Ads Agency. You know, a lot of your e-commerce and you're selling e-commerce products on online with Google Ads. And where Shane's company comes in is by providing those GTINs and UPC codes that we really recommend using. If you're manufacturing, if you're importing, warehousing, selling, and shipping products, you are definitely part of the global supply chain. We do know that Google states that having a G10 associated to your product will increase impressions up to 40% and conversions up to 20%. Andrew here, you've met me before. I'm Director of Operations here at Solutions 8. And we have a special guest with us today. This is Shane Morris. He is from GS1 US. Hello, Shane. Hey, how are you guys doing today? I'm doing great. I'm sure our YouTube world is doing great as well. Thank you so much for stopping by on our channel here. I met Shane a few weeks ago and we are fast friends because he has, as you can see, a love for dogs, as do I. So that immediately puts him in our good book. So Shane, thanks for joining us. Why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and who GS1 US is? Sure. Well, my name is, like she said, Shane Morris, and I'm a business development director with GS1 US. And our role of our team is we work with all the e-commerce enablement community in the e-commerce vertical industry. So all of the companies that help the businesses and sellers get online and optimize their business when online. So then there's quite a few of them. So we work with all of those companies and help explain what who GS1 is, who GS1 US is, and how our standards can help their business capabilities and their business processes in a digital world. Perfect. And why this is relevant for you guys as our listeners is we know a lot of your e-commerce and you're selling e-commerce products online with Google ads. And where Shane's company comes in is by providing those GTINs and UPC codes that we really recommend using for our e-commerce clients when we're running shopping ads and now performance campaign, performance max campaign, sorry. So GS1 is a global organization and then the, you're working for the US branch. So there's only specific to the US or North America? Yeah, let me, I'll kind of explain. So most e-commerce companies, they often come across our organization when they go to list their products on Google, or if they're doing their own SEO, or if they're listing on another platform like Amazon. So most people don't know who GS1 is or GS1 US. And the reason they, how they come across is they're often asked by these platforms to assign their products a global trade item number. We call it a G10. I've noticed you called it a GTIN and there's no right or wrong way to say it. And if these sellers or these businesses don't have that number, they're often told by many of these platforms to get it from GS1. So GS1 US is the member organization for GS1 Global. And GS1 is a, believe it or not, is a supply chain standards organization. So the GS1 system of standards, it's actually the most used supply chain standards in the world. We have over 2 million member companies and our standards generate over 6 billion transactions a day. And I think what's important for um, even like the smaller e-commerce companies, often we talk about supply chain standards and they're like, oh, supply I'm not in the supply chain, but listen, if you're an e-commerce business, if you're manufacturing, if you're importing, warehousing, selling and shipping products, you are definitely part of the global supply chain. What's interesting is most people that do know about us commonly just think of us as the issuer of the UPC barcode. 
but we do much more than that. And so we've developed a system of supply chain standards over the past 50 years. And this has helped power commerce from the legacy brick and mortar businesses back in the day, all the way to helping e-commerce platforms and the millions of sellers that are in the market. And how it's done is we give them this solution to uniquely identify the products, which helps in accurately surfacing them on the platforms that the consumers are shopping on. So that could be the web, it could be within a marketplace, or it could be in a retailer's and a retailer store's environment. These standards are built on three pillars. I mean, there's there's a lot of them, so I just kind of consolidated down to three. So the first is we is identify. The second one is to capture, and the last of those is to share. So we have a system to uniquely identify all things in the supply chain. So for products, that unique identity would be the global trade item. number. But we identify a lot of other things as well. So like locations, we have the global location number for logistic units. And again, I'm throwing these terms around, but that would be a serialized shipping container code. We basically can uniquely identify any what, who, where, or when within the supply chain. Wow. So once these things are identified, then you want to capture that information. So we have standardized machine-readable data carriers that capture that unique identity. And I laugh because it's like the most ubiquitous of those that most people are familiar with is the UPC barcode. It's a data carrier. That's what it is. You know, when you scan it across the checkout, it's basically carrying that global trade item number. That's what it's looking up. And then it's linking back into a, you know, a retailer system. We have other data carriers as well, like I, that global location number, RFID tags, things like that. So once that identity, there's that identity and then other information is that's associated with that information, when it's captured, we then also have standardized mechanisms and language formats that can share that information across the entire supply chain to all vested parties for visibility. So I think it most importantly is all of these standards are interoperable with one another. They work globally. So if you're a business in the U.S. doing business offshore, it's going to work globally. And they work, they're open standards and they work for any size business, big or small. Yeah. One other thing is I like to share that a lot of people don't know that we, GS1 US, we are actually a not-for-profit, neutral, and industry-driven member organization. And so for the most part, the retail industry, so if you were in, whether it's you're selling online or you're selling online and doing omni-channel, you're selling into stores, the retail industry has adopted GS1 standards as their source of truth for many of the business practices because of that not-for-profit and neutral status. We serve industry and have been helping parties streamline their business processes for the good of all people within that industry. So it would be the retailers, the suppliers, the solution providers, everybody who's kind of vested in that industry. I'm sure you've heard the metaphor, a rising tide lifts all boats. Mm -hmm. Well, that's exactly what we try to do for the industries in which we serve. So that's who we are. I know it's a mouthful. Great. You know, it's good to know because we we work with clients big and small all over the world. And lots of times they will come to us, they have the GTINs already from their manufacturer if it's a product that they're redistributing. Or if they're yep. clients that are a unique product, sometimes they haven't gone through the step of getting that code associated with their products yet. So how is that process? So say I have a brand new product, never been out in the world yet. To go get that code, what does that look like? That is pretty simple. So the first thing you would do today is you would go to our website, which is gs1us.org. So remember the .org because we are not-for-profit. Now, I'm going to give you the streamlined approach. When you come to our homepage, you're going to actually see a link that says get started. 
So just stick there, click that link. And then what's going to happen is once you click that link, you're going to be presented with two options. So I'm going to explain what those are. So traditionally, a company licensing GTINs from GS1 US would acquire what we call a company prefix. And this prefix is assigned to your company and it allows a business to create anywhere from 10 to 100,000 GTINs, depending on which bundle you license. This is a great option for well-established businesses that have multiple products in their assortment or their assortment turns over quickly like apparel. It also gives you some additional abilities like creating case pack barcodes and generating other GS1 identifiers that a brand may need like those GLNs or those serialized shipping container codes. So if you're currently doing business with large retailers or you plan on doing so, the prefix is a great option to consider. Now, with that being said, we all know how the pandemic accelerated online businesses and how many small brands started getting into the market. Well, in fact, 80% of our membership is small business. And so in order to meet the demands of this, you know, the growing demand of this new membership, we actually introduced the GS1 US single G10 in 2020. So just a couple of years ago. And what this does is it gives small brands the option to license just one G10 for $30. So it's a great option for a, a business who's just starting out online. Or also if you don't have a lot of SKUs, you know, if you have three SKUs and you're not necessarily doing business with some of these larger retailers, this, this is a great option. You will see like, so if you're still confused, like I don't know how many I need, there is a tool that will say how many barcodes do I need? And it'll take you through some steps that'll help you determine the best, the, the best one that you should license. And with that being said, I will say that for the, uh, the companies that are listening to you out there, one member that all of our members receive, whether you get the single G10 or a prefix, is you get access to our data hub. And what this is, is a, it's a portal where members can create, manage, and store their G10s right in a central repository. So when you license a prefix or a single, uh, you can log into Data Hub, you can assign your available G10s to your products, they'll be there. In the case of a prefix, if you license, let's just say you license 10, but you only needed five at the time, you can assign those five to the products you created, but then the other five can just stay in reserve. So you have a place you can go back and see how many you have left. The other thing I like about this is you can assign core attributes to your products in Data Hub, like description, brand name, SKU, weight. So like all these at kind of core attributes that you know you're going to need across the different platforms that you list on. So now you have a central repository where this information can be found instead of a lot of floating around on a lot of different spreadsheets. And there's one other benefit. So if you are a company that actually does need to print a barcode, either for your retail business that you're shipping into or for potentially a 3PL for pick and pack, you can create barcodes right in Data Hub as well. And the upside to doing this, like creating your GTINs in there, is you're, you know they're going to be accurate. It's a free tool. It's very easy to use. And uh, it's a great benefit to being a member of GS1 US. Great. Awesome. And then once they have that code and they we upload it into Google Merchant Center, that's where we pull the data from for Google Ads. What's the key benefit of having that code when it comes to Google Ads? Well, in Google, so it's a common question people ask, and not only for selling on Google, but for listing on Amazon, who requires it or listing on any other retailer's website. And, you know, I know as a seller, it's like, what, what are they actually doing with this number? 
I think the best way to explain it is why like Google, for example, is asking for it is to look at it from their point of view. So they've created this platform that's free for brands to list products on for global visibility. And by doing so, if you think about it from Google's perspective, they're ingesting millions, if not billions of products, and they need to be able to accurately classify and index these products so they show up when a product or a product category is being searched on. So because HGTIN from GS1 is globally unique, Google uses this product identifier information. They then crowdsource search data as it's been captured over time within a product or a product category, and also the habits of the people who have searched on it. And they match all of this up to get the correct information in front of the people who are likely to buy your product. In a nutshell, I think what the G10 does is it helps Google be very specific about to help the, what the people are searching on. Now, as far as Google ads go, like, you know, we know Google displays ads across all of their network, right? So it's like not only search, but shopping maps, YouTube. And if your product is optimized to their specifications, and one of those specifications is to apply a GTIN to your product, it has a much better chance of being surfaced and featured. We do know that Google states that having a GTIN associated to your product will increase impressions up to 40% and conversions up to 20%. So if your viewers or your listeners, or if you search on G10 or UPC on the internet, there's a lot of things come up, right? A lot of different ways to get a G10. But like I said, the retail industry has basically nominated GS1 as their trusted source. And there's three reasons why they want you to source a G10 from GS1. So again, number one, every G10 source from GS1 is going to be globally unique and it will not be replicated in the market. So that means the product you assign a G10 and publish online here in the US with that unique global identity could, will surface when even in, if it's being searched on in Europe or South America. So it's globally unique. Number two is every G10 is associated with the company who licenses it when it's done through GS1. So that company to product association, it proves authenticity of that product. And number three, the company prefixes that we just talked about and G10s, they're actually stored in our global registry and they're verifiable by the retailers and marketplaces who use them. And again, what this does is it helps with transparency and legitimacy of the companies that are listing products online because there's a lot of funky things happening out there you know, in the online world. So that's why they asked to, to source from GS1. Okay, great. And it's a global trade number, but in the US, it's 12 digits. Is that right? But then in Europe and other countries, it could be 13 or upwards to 14, 13 or 14. So it's a global number, but I think there's different lengths of numbers, I guess, depending on where you're. Yeah, there is. Yeah, it is. And there's a, I wouldn't say it's confusing, but what happens is a lot of the different acronyms get, they're all interchangeable. So we know, like, if you're going to list on Google Marketplace, what they're asking for is they ask for a G10. So we've established that the G10 is a global trade item number, but there are different lengths and different kinds of G10. So that's kind of a bucket where, mm. oh, a G10, but there's, they just throw it into the G10 bucket. So I'm going to just talk about the two most common G10s. So you have the G10-12, commonly referred to as the UPC. It's also referred to as a barcode. Oh, I need a barcode. Well, what you mean is you need a G1012. You know, that's it's just all this interchangeable. So a G1012 is what it says. It's a 12-digit number. And what makes it different than the G1013 is it's sourced from North America. So GS1 US and GS1 Canada, they're going to issue a G1012 the U, you know, for the UPC. Now, that UPC or G1012, it's globally interoperable. So if you're a US-based business and you're selling into Europe, it's going to be accepted in Europe. 
The G1013 is just what it says it is. It's a 13-digit number. It's also referred to as European article number. And again, it's the predominant identifier outside of North America. Just like the UPC or G1012, if you're a European business and you want to sell into the United States, most retailers, marketplaces, everybody's going to accept the G1013. I even think when you go, when I was looking on like the developer marketplace on Google for Google Marketplace, it's like they give the, it says like, well, you need a G10 and the example they give is actually a G1013. So I think another, you kind of had, I think you had brought this up, but so th those are the most common G10s. The other question we often get is if I'm not creating, you know, if I'm not creating my own products that I'm reselling another brand's or another manufacturer's product, do I need to create new G10s or should I use their G10? So I think that if a business is reselling products that already exist in the market, they should use the G10 that is currently associated with the product from the manufacturer, the supplier that they're getting it from. Good example of that, my past life, I've been in with a men's national supplier and we created our own products. We sold the retailers, but we also had a web store. So on our web store, we would list our the products that we created. We assigned those a unique G10 that we licensed, but we also sourced products from other brands and host featured those on our website as well, but we wouldn't issue those our G10. Mm -hmm. We would use the G10s that came from that brand. So, you know, that's the yeah. best practice. And what's really cool about that is as long as the GTIN or G10 is the same. So if you're, if you're getting product from a wholesaler and you're advertising and then a competitor or someone else is advertising the same product, as long as everyone's sharing the same GTIN, all of the data that Google collects on that one product helps to benefit all the, everyone that's advertising for that one product. So yeah. it's definitely important to use those GTINs, especially if you're getting it from a manufacturer. I think it's actually mandatory now to use GTINs on, on Google ads. You can't run products that don't have it. And if you do, they get disapproved really, really quickly. So everyone who's advertising a product on there should be using the GTIN, especially if it's shared by a manufacturer or other advertisers might be benefiting and helping you with that product. Perfect. So we're just talking about Google, but I'm sure there's other firms out there that need it. Amazon would be a big one. What are some other ones that, you, yeah. that you've come across? Yeah. So within the retail industry, most of your large national chains, they actually don't just suggest using GS1 GTINs, they're required. So they require mm -hmm. to source GS1. And again, it helps authenticate the products that are being sold and listed. And it also facilitates the cataloging of these items within their inventory management and product catalog databases. So large marketplaces like Amazon, they also require a G10 from GS1 US or GS1 when listing your products on their platform. And Amazon will actually verify that the G10 is associated with the product that matches the company so they're going to look at, here's the product listing in the G10, who's the company that's listing it, and then they bump that up against our database to verify that they match. So they, they actually go through the verification process. I think it's a good information for businesses who are looking to scale and grow beyond direct-to-consumer, if that's all they're doing. This one, what I like, we like to talk about is this one product identifier can really help a business scale across all platforms. So if you start direct to consumer, you want to pivot and then go to Amazon, it's accepted. Any 3PL in between will accept it. And then again, most of the national retailers who all have an online presence, all the drop shippers, they're either gonna require it, but they all accept it. So it's good business practice. You know, for Google specifically, 
you know, they now offer that e-commerce web store integration from any of the large platforms like Shopify or Big Commerce. And what that'll do is it'll link your store and list your products automatically in the Google Marketplace. So for these platforms, and I know this again from my past life, we had a couple of different Shopify stores. They all have a field for GTIN. And this is another great reason to make sure you're populating that field in your web store in addition to just your internal SKU. Because uploading your products on Marketplace will be easy. And because you filled out that GTIN information, your products will automatically be optimized on their marketplace. So Awesome. And one other thing we forgot to mention was that there's different GTINs needed for different variables too. So it's not for each product, it's for each color, size, whatever variable attributes that you have, we need a separate GTN, right? Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. So a GTN goes down to the variant. So a good example, like when I explained on our website that how many barcodes do I need, there's a great illustration and that's that tool that will take you through that. But for example, if I had a company called Shane's Shirts and I had three different sizes, small, medium, large, each one of those would need its own GTN. And then if I had three colors, each one of those would need its own GTN. So now I'm at nine. And then if I had three different models, so a crew neck, V-neck, three-quarter sleeve, yeah. each one of those would be new G10. So now, now I'm at 27. So yes, it needs to go down to the very. Yeah, they add up quickly. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much. Do you have any any final words or do you want to tell us about where we can learn a little bit more about all of this? Sure. You know, the first place to get information on us is to visit our website, like I said, at gs1us.org. And so when I was talking about getting a G10, I like to say, stay on the linear path because we are a supply chain standards organization. And when you go up and start searching around, you're going to see all the different things that we do. And we do a lot of different things. So, but there is some interesting information out there. So we're very, we're heavily vested in, there's a big global push, for example, the initiatives on supply chain sustainability. So, you know, there's information about that. One that I think people might find interesting is there's a, a initiative in the U.S. called Sunrise 2027. So by the year 2027, that UPC barcode that's been around for 50 years that we always say that we all love. I know at GS1, we love it. I don't know if everybody loves it. They just take it for granted, but it's made life so easy. It's actually going to go through a transition to where Retailers by 2027 are upgrading their point of sale to where they can start scanning a 2D barcode. So like a QR code, there's a GS1 format that will be embedded. So it will still serve the same purpose as that. I call it the B2B. So scanning it across checkout, it can hold a lot more information, but it's also optimized for to be smartphone scannable. So it'll serve two purposes. So you can use it at point of checkout, but if you're in the store, you can scan it as a consumer and that brand who assigns it can take that consumer back to any proprietary webpage that they want. So that's that's coming in five years. That's interesting. It's called Sunrise 2027. So that's our website. We're on LinkedIn at GS1 US. We're on Twitter. Our YouTube channel is good. And we do have a YouTube channel that is highlights a lot of small business um, stories about how they their experience with GS1 US and how being affiliated and being a member has helped them actually scale from direct to consumer and, and have kind of spread their wings out and hit all these different platforms. Last but not least, listen, we have a great member services team. If you want to call or email them, they're live people. They're based in the United States. So if you had any questions, just like, yeah, man, I'm on the, I just want to know a little bit more. You can always call them and they're, they're awesome and they'll answer all your questions. So 
Awesome. Perfect. We'll put that link below this video with all the links that you just mentioned. So we'll share that with everybody. And yeah, thank you very, very much for taking the time to teach all of us about GTINs. I learned a lot yep. today. Well, thank you so we much. appreciate you. We really do. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Google Ads podcast. For more ways to grow your business with Google Ads, you can subscribe to the Solutions 8 YouTube channel. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And if you'd like to work with the best Google Ads agency in the world, you can visit Solutions 8 at sol8.com. Custom here. If you're running Google Ads, even if your campaigns are successful, my years of experience have taught me that there are almost always enormous improvement opportunities. Now, what if the best Google Ads agency in the world was willing to review your Google Ads campaigns for free and provide you with a comprehensive action plan, no cost or obligation? Notice, I didn't say audit or evaluation. I said action plan, a bullet point by bullet point breakdown of exactly what needs to be done to improve your Google Ads campaigns. Yours to keep, no cost or obligation. Head over to solate.com to get a free Google Ads action plan customized for your business. No strings attached. That's sol8.com. S-O-L, the number 8.com.